Hey guys, welcome to Cup of Connections. I'm Portia and we're here coming to you from our virtual cafe, Better with a Cup of Coffee. We are savoring relationships with coffee lovers around the world and sharing their experiences that have been better with a cup of coffee. This episode is about finding out what it's like to have the French coffee experience. I chose this topic and I chose this wonderful lady, Malika Paul, because she's lived in France. She's visited France on countless occasions, Paris, Nice. Her pictures are dynamic and it seemed really cool to have that experience. My birthday is on my still day. So I have vowed that I am going to go to France one of these days on my birthday, since I love coffee, I have to go to the cafes and just experience the experience. But I know each experience is different. So this mm. is why I'm introducing you all to my lovely friend, Malika Paul. She's a world traveler. She is amazing. So Malika, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. (laughs) This is so awesome. Tell us what you do. Do you have a business that you run that allows you to travel and live in the places where you want to live and drink as much coffee and experience all these experiences that you want to achieve? So I used to have a business. I used to have a shoe boutique in Beverly Hills. Right. And um, the specialty was Italian made shoes. My background is in corporate accounting and Mm -hmm. I'm working on a new business now. So by the end of this year, I will have a passive income stream that would allow me to travel even more and work wherever I want. So that's my ultimate goal. Traveling is a priority for me. So I make time for it and I make room for it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a stretch for me to, you know, go to Paris for a weekend. That's just a part of my, those are part of my goals. Those are non-negotiable things for me. It's not like a far-fetched thing for me to do something like that. Anybody who wants to follow Malika, Malika, tell them your uh, Facebook and Instagram page. So it's, it's my first and last name. Malika Paul, M-A-L-A-I-K-A, P-A-U-L is the same for Instagram and Facebook. Okay. I talked to you when you were in the airport coming back from Paris and you and I didn't get to talk as much about your coffee experience, but when I saw the pictures of, how do you pronounce it? Le Deux Magot? Is that how you pronounce it? Le Deux Magot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Talk to me. I've seen your niece pictures. I've seen your Paris pictures. I've not been to France, but Mm -hmm. me wanting to go to France and just enjoy the coffee scene. Is there something that I need to know about how to do that? I know I can just go in and say, I want a cup of coffee, but I want to be respectful. What do I do? So it has been my experience to at least learn the basic phrases like bonjour on cafe s'il vous plaît and so that's basically what I say I learn the phrases that I need to know to get what I want you know what right I mean? right and a lot of times if you're not using the proper what pronoun or adjective they will correct you but I think it's important for you to at least try it's easy when you just go into a bakery versus like a bistro because the bakery you're just walking up to the counter and you order and they will correct you if you try but if you just walk in 
you know, uh, can I get a coffee? They will either ignore you or be rude to you, to be honest with you. I'm serious. I've seen it. And I've heard people complain about it. And I'm like, well, did you at least try to speak their language? Uh-huh. And they will say, no. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's what happens. <laughs> I've been going for quite a while and I'm still learning the language. And mm-hmm. it's one of my ultimate goals to be fluent. But I think if you at least try with the phrases, they will correct you. And I've been fortunate enough to like meet some local people. I met this one girl, her name is... Madeline and Mm -hmm. we go to coffee shops together and we met for dinner she's had me over to her house and I'm listening to her when she orders you know what I mean she'll be like oh my god we have to go to this cafe across from the upper house let music guy and you're gonna love it so I watch and I learn I listen to her Uh and then I'm like okay I want to try what she's having you know what I mean so that's another way I learned how to one, ask for what I want and then know what it is that I want. Because a lot of times, you know, if you go into like an authentic local spot, a lot of the stuff is in French. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you might be asking for a cappuccino and it might be something <laughs> different. You know what I mean? So right. I, I pay attention. A lot of times I'm, I'm on vacation, but I have this heightened awareness because I'm curious and you're learning at the same time. If you're lucky enough to meet someone and know someone and be able to maneuver that way you can pick up on on some of the basic things very quickly this is the thing about you you are just this person that you love people you'd love to have the Mm -hmm. experience I think it's really important when you put yourself in any environment that you're not quite used to that you are open to learn you're very approachable you're fun Mm -hmm. you've got this sass but you're very approachable there's no air And I think that's important, especially when you go into another environment that's not your own. You Mm -hmm. strike up conversations. I think that's important when you said that you've met people along the way. They trust you enough to invite you to do more with them. That's the start, Mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I pride myself on being just authentic. I want an authentic experience. And I think people that I meet that I'm attracted to, they want the same thing. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of a It's just kind of an easy transition, to be honest with you. So my cousin and I were talking about this, and he was curious. He said, maybe you can ask her about the famous cafes. Mm -hmm. For example, if I want to do some tourist things, and if I want to go to the Eiffel Tower, are there some really cool cafes or a cafe you can tell me about near the Eiffel Tower that makes the experience so much better? So actually, the place that I went to, the Le Du Megal, uh-huh. That's actually a very popular place. And ironically, there's one that's even more popular called Cafe de Fiore. It's literally right next door, not even a half a block. My goal was actually to go to Cafe Fiore that time. Mm. I said, no, I think I want this cafe. I already knew about Cafe Le Duc Mego, but I was going for the Fiore place. But then okay. it's just, I don't know, it, I was looking for it an experience okay yeah yeah right I changed my mind in the midst of it so both of these cafes are on um Boulevard Saint Germain which is Mm -hmm. less than 20 minutes probably 15 minutes from the Eiffel Tower walking or driving or by uh, by train so actually that day I was walking because it was (laughs) on a Sunday and certain train lines were in construction and they were closed so Mm. (laughs) I actually got on the train 
<laughs> and I went one stop to switch over and that train line wasn't, wasn't working. So I found myself on St. Michelle Boulevard and I just put on my map and I'm like, okay, where's the Eiffel Tower? We're going to walk. I mean, I've been there enough. So I, I understand how the city is divided with the CN River. Okay. So I say 20 minutes via walking and I oh, walked okay. it. I sure did. Mm-hmm. Did you wear some heels? Did you have your heels on? I did not. <laughs> um, no, I know better. I, I, I had on some gladiator sandals that had a cushion, mm-hmm. but I ended up having to buy some socks because my feet was cold. <laughs> so you went this past October. It was in October, mm-hmm. but the third week in October and it was cold. So during the day, the sun was shining, which is one of the reasons why I picked that cafe versus the other cafe because the other cafe was it's kind of back in the cut the the one that I went to is like right on the boulevard the sun was shining and I was like I want to go to this one but I know they were both equally famous um Mm -hmm. so I chose that one they're equally famous because of tourists or the locals go there as well both and I notice and I typically go to both to have the experience but I noticed that Cafe Fiore is probably more touristy, but mm. they stay open to two o'clock in the morning, which I was shocked by that. But there were local people. You could tell people were there reading their books and reading the newspaper and having their coffee like they do every day. Mm. And I like that. So that's right. another reason why I chose that one, because I saw that local element that I wanted to be around. When I go, that's what I want to do is just submerge myself into that local experience. Just the art of doing nothing, you know, being still mm-hmm. Parisians, when mm-hmm. they go to cafes, it's not like we go and pick up a coffee and then just drive away. What, what do they do? Just sit and just relax. People watch. Yeah. That's the they thing. sit, they talk, they relax. I like it because they're, they're talking to their friends. They're not on their phone. Mm. Either they're reading a book. Or they're just, you know, reading a newspaper or talking to their friends. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. something you don't see a lot here, I think. So that's why yeah, that's I believe important. I'm so attracted to it. And then you love Nice and you've traveled to Nice. I remember that one time you had a, a glass of champagne and mm-hmm. a mug of coffee. Mm-hmm. So is the southern part of France and their experience different than... Paris, of how they enjoy coffee, how they relax. Is that different? Yes and no. I think so because the South of France, where I was at in Nice and Monaco, it was like a lot of, there's a lot of young people down there. So Hmm. it's kind of like an on-the-go culture, if you will. But they still do the sitting down. They Like if you go eat lunch and dinner, they're sitting down, they have their lunch, and then they have their coffee. But in the morning time, I, I didn't see a lot of, oh, let's go to this, you know, this cafe and just sit and have mm. a moment before we go off to work or school or whatever. I saw a difference in the mm. South of France versus in the city of Paris. I did. I think the, the young people have definitely have this on the go. So they go to the cafes, but it's like a window, like a takeout window outside. Right. And, and you know, they, they order their coffee. They drink their coffee and then they leave and then they're off to work or school versus in Paris, you're actually sitting down, you know, you're pausing, you're being still, you're reading your paper, your book, 
mm-hmm. and having a moment to yourself. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I saw a difference, definitely, for sure. So I often describe Nice as a little Paris, but beachside. So if you want that allure, that glamour, the architecture. And another thing is that the artists, a lot of the famous artists, they lived in the south of France. Their houses are there as a museum now. That's another allure. A lot of the times the artists live in the south of France. So Mm -hmm. once they passed away, whoever is in charge of the house, they turn it into some type of historical monument, museum. So you have that aspect as always some type of garden. So the greenery, Mm -hmm. the natural element. But then the city is just, it just has a rhythm. And then you have the beach side. So, you know, I love the water. So I I have to do both most of the time when I go to France. So you've also, now you haven't lived in Italy, but you have been to Italy on numerous occasions. Do the French and Italians have a different coffee experience? Like you had mentioned about some experiences in Nice where they'll have a window and then you'll just go up and you'll grab a coffee and it'll be it's on the go. It's quick. Is there mm-hmm. a difference? No. So I saw that in, in Italy as well, depending on where you're at. So I spent a lot of time in Venice. So again, there's a lot of young people um, because there's a university in Mastre. I saw that a lot in Venice and I saw mm-hmm. it a lot in Milan. Mm-hmm. So they do, they do have the local places and, but they do have those walk-ups and, you know, you grab a coffee, you grab a sandwich and you go. So I actually saw a lot of that in Italy than I saw in France. Mm, so a lot, I spent a lot of time in, in, in Venice, some time in, in Milan. Um, I've been to Rome and Naples. I think those places might be a little, you know, they're a little bit calmer and sitting down and grabbing a coffee. Where there's the young people in universities, you're going to see a lot of on the go. And specific Milan was one of those places where I saw a lot of people just grab their coffee and go. Is there a drink of choice? Because I know for me, I love my cup of coffee. I don't know whether how many ounces it is, but in Europe, they tend to go with a smaller cup, like an espresso size cup, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, you ask for a single espresso or doppio, which is a double espresso, mm-hmm. and they tend to ask for like without the cream on top. Mm-hmm. So they want they only want just the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's the same. I think the difference is that when you go to a local place, they typically have coffee that's from that local region. Okay. Which is what I like. So then that's an easy conversation to learn. Like, oh, so what coffee are you, you know how I am. Every time I go someplace, I'm like, what coffee are you using? Because I want mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that from Europe because either they have a sign by the machine hmm. or you are asked. So a lot of times in Italy, they had La Bazza. They had, I mean, they they had, uh, I think it's Ely or some other coffee, but- Labazza is actually very popular. So when you go into a place, you'll see that sign. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I typically ask the same thing with, with um, France and Paris. I always see a sign that says Ricard. Ricard? I think it's called Ricard, like okay. Richard, but it's Ricard, R-I-C-A-R-D. Mm-hmm. And those, that's the coffee that's local to that region. So you're getting something authentic. You're getting a really good cup of coffee that's specific to that region. Mm. So I started looking for that. 
because I, I was, I mean, I spent a lot of time in France, in Paris. So I would frequent different shops and um, bistros and bars. So I'll always ask them, mm-hmm. what coffee are you using? And so I, I, that's how I learned to look for that sign. I have to try all kinds of coffee, you know me. And I think one of my, the best coffee experiences that I had was when you and I went to um, Oakland. We went walking through Gourmet Ghetto. And to me, it was just a, an amazing coffee experience. What is the name of that coffee place? <sighs> Phil's Coffee. What I appreciated so much was when we went mm-hmm. in there, the young lady, she was so helpful. And then we mm-hmm. ordered our coffee. We went all the way back and we just sat up against the wall and we saw, mm-hmm. saw all of those people, you know, <laughs> it, and we were near Berkeley. Mm-hmm. So it was the students, workers, the community around there. We were informed where to go. I remember the hotel. They told us where to go. But that Mm -hmm. is the type of experience that I think any coffee lover would love to have wherever they go. That's why it's important to, I I just think it's important to like be informed about your surroundings and kind of have an idea what it is that you like and what you want, but be flexible. You know what I mean? Be flexible in what regard though? So be flexible. Like, you know, we walked, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It felt like a country mile to get to Phil's, did we not? <laughs> Girl, we did. Chilly. We were in the Bay Area, shit. So <laughs> it felt like a country mile. So you got to be a little bit flexible to get what it is that you want. Yeah, I want a good coffee experience, but am I willing to walk a country mile to get it? <laughs> you know what I mean? So Girl, we still did. We walked the country mile. Don't get it twisted, okay? Oh, my God. God, you're right. Walking a country mile, girl, that was. <laughs> was sure. a mess. But then you had to do the same thing in Paris. I did. I did. And I, I walked, girl. I was like, okay, let me, let me get some socks on my feet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> Sorry, I was cussing. Like, okay, the train's not working. But again, you, you can't be upset. And then I was like, okay, I'll get an Uber. And then Uber said, oh, there's no Ubers in this area. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I went and bought some expensive ass socks. And uh, I got the walking. But I was stopping along the way. Got a cute little Eiffel Tower. You know how they, and it's so beautiful. I'm walking along the Seine River. And uh, they have these little shops and they're selling souvenirs and books. And, you know, Mm. I love these like old, old books. And it's just, it was really nice. Very nice. And then, you you know, you just, you can see the the, the Louvre across the street. You can see Uh. the Musée Orsay across the street. And it's just a lovely experience. So walking was actually a blessing for me that day because I would have got my ass in the Uber for sure because it was (laughs) good. Don't get it twisted, <laughs> for sure. But I will say, I did take an Uber back to. <laughs> so once I got to the Eiffel Tower, my little feet was done, okay? So I, I did take an Uber to the La Marais district, um, which is about probably 15 minutes for lunch. Mm-hmm. So I did. You got to mm-hmm. pace yourself. I mean, if you visiting a place like Paris where there's so much to see, you have to pace yourself. And I've done it where you 
you experience a sensory overload where you're trying to hit up all these museums in one day and you're walking and it's, mm-hmm. it's too much. Mm-hmm. And so again, I met someone, <laughs> I was in line waiting to go into um, the Musée Laurentiis. That's where they have the panoramic pieces from Monet. But he, you know, he was asking me, how was it my day? And what was I going to see? And, and he told me, he was the one that suggested, he said, you should pace yourself because yeah. you're, you're, you know, you're going to be on sensory, you're going to have a sensory overload experience, which I had experienced it before. I just didn't have the words to describe it. And I'm like, that's right. what it is. So I decided right. to just pace myself. So even if it was just, you know, going to one museum and a cafe, a bistro dinner, just in one day. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm sitting down and I'm actually taking in the experience versus grabbing coffee and, and chocolate croissant and on the go. You know, you're actually taking in the scenery, the people, and just having a real authentic experience. Girl, you and said it, it. It just, it allows you just to slow down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why go on vacation and then come back and you're tired? Like, that is kind of a good thing. But one of the things that I like to do is always set an intention to say, okay, next time mm. I'm going to do this. So then mm. that gives me something to look forward to, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope that we have given coffee lovers out there the experiences that you can have in different places like of Paris, like Nice, like Venice. And it's been an amazing, amazing talk with my friend, Malika Paul. Yes. So I'll leave you a one tip to have a real authentic experience, especially in France, but specifically in Paris. Mm-hmm. Look for a bakery and in, in, in French is boulangerie. And more than likely they'll be on the corner. So you can get a nice baguette, mm-hmm. a pastry, and that's when you get really beautiful, authentic coffee. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, just local. So a bakery a bistro because you know that is French and is local mm-hmm. you can get some really good French food and you can definitely get a, a French coffee and then a, a local bar and you can always tell it's local because it will have that sign in the front that tells you what coffee and this one and specifically I'm always looking for the Ricard coffee sign that they have that coffee. And so you can always go in and get, you know, a glass of Bordeaux or a Cotteron. And then afterwards you get a coffee. That's just the normal, you know. <laughs> that's, that's the way they do normal. it. Yeah, that's just the way they do it. So find a bakery, a bistro and a local bar. You will definitely have a beautiful coffee experience. And then you get to meet the locals. That's more important. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you have an experience Mm -hmm. with the locals over coffee. And they're, they're always curious about meeting someone from the United States. So that's my tip. (laughs) Well, thank you, my friend. I love you. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Ciao. I'm Portia White, and I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsor, BetterWithACupOfCoffee.com. If you like what you heard, please rate and review our podcast. And join us again soon at Cup of Connections.